Steve Mannion here, writer and creator of this smash comic, Fearless Dawn, and you're listening to an 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> There you go. Look at that. It's it's the old familiar good stuff. Not the the trying to be somebody I'm not stuff. <laughs> oh, hey, no, that's true. It's, <laughs> it's like new Coke versus the original recipe. <laughs> so you're Coke then. You're, yeah. Well, I, I would say your diet right. <laughs> oh, damn. Now that's fucked up because you know, all kinds of props. When, uh, was, I, well, yeah, see, it I'm was. And it was. It, it, it was it was solid. I, I, I love part it. of me almost was ready to pause to see if you did want to continue doing it. I love no, it. Oh, dude, I felt so uncomfortable doing it. <laughs> I love it when Jason said, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, it's true, though. It makes my day. <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be a barn burner. Oh, yeah. Yes. Book Odemon. It's freaking hot today, wasn't it? I wouldn't know. I was inside the office all day. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not, that's not a good thing. I just, no, it was. I, a... I, didn't keep, I, didn't even, I didn't even get to leave the office for lunch. Not even to grab a salad. Had to. How come? Busy day? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, this is my busy time. Ah, uh, football. Just, uh, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's earnings season. All of our companies report their earnings results. Oh. Hmm. And we're going to show you some results because you know what this is? It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 555, keeping it alive, and I am Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. It's good to hear you like in real time and not as I'm driving in my car. I am David A. Price. Me mom's car. <laughs> I had a... Yeah, you are David A. Price, and I'm Johan Kraus, everyone's oh! favorite ectoplasmic physical medium. Nice. Woo! You can be Johan. That's good. You could be Johan. But you're not. You're Jason Wood, everybody. I had a very funny joke, what I consider a very funny play on words. Nina was watching Teen Mom on MTV, and I said they should have a British spinoff and call it Teen Mum. <laughs> she didn't think it was funny either. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's me, yeah, Teen dude. Mom. <laughs> okay. Word up. All right. But no, you're you're not ectoplasmic Johan. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Well and this is our book of the month. And in case you haven't noticed yet, it is BPRD related. In fact, it is the very first instance of the gathering of the BPRD, at least in their own magazine. Uh, it is called The uh, Hollow Earth and Other... See, I'm going by my... Uh, I got the hardcover. So it's called The Hollow Earth and Other Stories, but my hardcover is called BPRD Plague of Frogs, Volume 1. Well, yes, I I have that as well. Um, I have the first two hardcovers labeled Plague of Frogs, but this is the um, the first volume, which is weird. I don't know how they appear. In, I don't know if they're in the same. I didn't check to see if they're in the same order in the hardcover as they are in this trade paperback but this is um this this book is only about 120 odd pages um containing one two three stories and three strips from uh the dark horse weekly so um the hardcover 
is a lot thicker and contains a lot more. Yeah, yes, it does. Uh, but it is, um, you know, it's the first attempt at at widening the uh, the Hellboy universe, and as such, I, I think I think it, it's it's uh, and Scott Alley even says the same thing uh, in the in the hardcover. It it was a nice try, you know, but um, the, I think the creative team uh, were just still finding their way. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's nice because conceptually, conceptually, the characters are are still finding their way, as well. Um, but um, we're going to find uh, a way into our hearts because what are y'all drinking? Who are you asking? Uh, y'all, just anyone. Well, I am drinking strawberry bubbly. Oh boy, U B L Y. What is that? Is that like a Seltzer. It's oh. Pepsi's version of uh, seltzer, yeah. Seltzer, yeah. Oh, it's a Pepsi product, and it's good. Is it? I didn't even know it was a Pepsi product. He yeah. said it's a Pepsi product. I don't it know. Is. I don't know those things. My friend's wife was working on the uh, the marketing for it. George oh, Pepsi. yeah, by the authority of, uh, bottled under the authority of PepsiCo. Yep. There you go. So it must be good. What kind of coffee are you drinking tonight, Vince? Co- <laughs> coffee? Oh, uh, they didn't bring it back yet? No, I'm drinking. I mean, you eventually got it Sunday night, right? I, I, sure. I did, but I didn't drink it because okay. I put it in the refrigerator. I didn't want to drink a coffee at like one o'clock in the morning. But didn't you see the the slack? You yes, did. I did. That's what I I'm did. drinking. I am drinking solely, judging this wine by its label. I picked up a bottle of Ergo. Love that label. Ergo Rojo. Yes. It is a. 2015 red blend Producto de España and um, uh, in case you, well you can't see it but the, the label is hand lettered and it's very sloppy very uh, in the moment yeah and I like it a lot so mm-hmm. I mean I like the, the, the typography a lot so I bought it and uh, it's pretty damn good and it's a blend which would make Mr. Price happy that's cool yeah. Blends are good. I, I um I I have a I have been known to buy wine based on the label and more often than not I am quite pleased with that uh, that choice because it's 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 really not the real reason to to buy a bottle or try wine, but um for some reason, it, it it works for me. So it's, yeah, it's, and and that keep... that app that you you gave me. Um, yep. I'm not going to use that to pick wine. No, no, no. I, I don't, that, mean, I don't I do stuff like that. Mark what I've what I've uh, right. what I've tried. What yeah. I, what yeah, I, yeah. I still have at home. Yep. I don't take anybody's word for anything unless it's one of you two or no. you know. No, oh. seriously, I'm not going to go on this this app and say oh this is a very high highly rated wine i must try this i don't really care you know right whatever if the i would much rather use the methodology of attractive label to bring me in because at least i can look at something nice while i'm either enjoying it or not enjoying it whatever but in this case it is a uh, very minimalist label and i loved it and it's good the wine's very good i gave it um Three and a half stars in the app. Yeah, that's. I don't. I may have 
going full out on on a rating maybe once but for the most part everything is anywhere from two and a half to three and a half stars for me it's it's just it's out of four is five i i think it's four right Vince? um yeah i'm not bringing it up i think no it's no, four. no 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 yeah. it's got it is five it's five because five. yeah i would, I Damn, would two and a half is jank out of five well some of it yeah some some of them kind of are whether they're too sweet i got or okay. um there's just not enough punch to it, but yeah, I mean, and the two and a half are ones I know not to go back and get sure. it. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have a can of uh, pomegranate cherry seltzer water when I am done with this glass because I started a little early with the wine, so before um, I get too out of it, uh, the glass I'm finishing is Smith and Hook Cabernet. Sauvignon from the Central Coast, uh, 2016. And I've had it before. It's still really good. Nice. And uh, before we get into the uh, the book of the month, uh, we, you have to let everyone know who made this possible. And it is made possible by our wonderful patron supporters. They uh, They lift us up. They lift you all up. And they picked, they chose... The subject of this book of the month. We throw eleven titles at them, and they vote, and the winner is the book of the month, and it is a BPRD Hollow Earth and other stories. And they picked it. Do we have um, candidates for the next book of the month yet? We do, and by the time the folks hear this, uh, they will be uh, be able to vote on the, those books. Um, because the poll will be going live uh, before we record tonight, in, a, in probably less, well, in in about a half hour, the uh, the poll is scheduled to go up. Would you like to know what they can vote for in August? Now, I do. I want to okay. see what I want to see what I'm going to read in August. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> we all don't know don't, be don't call out what you think is going to be the winner because that will sway things. I won't. No. Okay. I won't. And because uh, I posted it really late in July, um, I wanted to give the bulk of these a fighting chance. Uh, so we have uh, Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, DuckTales Treasure Trove, The Girl from Hoppers, The Goon, Volume 1, Nothing But Misery, The Invisibles, Book 1, Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, Volume 5, Longshot, Monstrous, Volume 1, Awakening, Point Blank, Werewolves of Montpellier, and Will Eisner's The Spirit, The New Adventures hardcover. Nice. I have it in my head. You think you know what the winner is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I do. <laughs> um, but at least, um, at least men should be happy because. Uh, the mask isn't on there this time, and oh, I got the, nothing uh, to be happy about. I'm just no, saying. that's fine. I just I I do take it's you it's, love that book. Well, but it doesn't matter because it's and and the mask the comic is nothing like mask the movie. Oh, it's I, very um, much like the movie. No, because his name is Stanley. No, because it's it's the, it's, the, it's the insane. Isn't the same. I'm it's not talking about it's, details. It's, it's a cartoon no, no, come no, to life, just like the movie. It's not, 
But Stanley is a complete and utter Stanley Ipkiss is an asshole and a half in the book. And in the Jim Carrey movie, he's he's a schlub, but he's not a vindictive son of a bitch. And and the way the mask <laughs> turns him into who he is in the comic, that's not that's that's again, it's so you know, I know Jason's never read it, but it is it it is absolutely not the same thing. But since you're not a fan of it, and, and we've said this, I've before. never we said that. Not want, no, oh come on! I, I don't understand how you can say that the comic is not the same thing it, as the dude, movie. I had it in the car. I, That's I, all right. It's not. I don't think it's great, but it's Doug Mankey. Okay, right. So it's and good. like you said, it's it's early Mankey, and it looks great, and I love that. And it's Arcudi, who you know we're enjoying Rumble, and it's. But still, it's it's one of those things where I don't I don't want anybody who hasn't read it to now think that as long as they've seen a Jim Carrey movie that they think they know what the comic's going to be like and and again and it's an on the bus so it's got it's got the mask it's got it's got a few different mask stories and again as we've done with other large collections we didn't necessarily read the whole thing but it, it's it's one of those things where I don't want we've we've all in in the year we've been doing the book of the month there have been some months where we've kind of struggled through with, if not all of us, at least one of us. And, and I, I don't want to bring that to the table from jump. I, I'd rather us get halfway through and go, yeah, this was a whiff. Then go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get to try to read this again. I don't, I, I, I don't want to bring that on anybody. But that's part of the, the, uh, the process. Absolutely. And, and as I was, as, as Jason and I were slacking today, uh, because in September, there will be a manga only book of the month. Well, look at and, that. And granted, there have been there have been some manga books we've talked about in the ten years we've been doing this show. We've talked about Monster. We've talked about Pluto. We've talk, talked about Death Note. And 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 Jason recently talked about Akira because of the package of, of the box set. And all of us at one time or another may have brought something up. But we've never gone into a round table deep dive on, on a particular, on maybe any one particular book. Plus we've also, we may have also gotten a few new listeners that didn't hear us the first time talk about monster or death note. So it might be new to them, but still there's a lot of manga out there. And, and I think it would be neat if the 11 items were, Things that uh, well, at least that Jason and I haven't read. I'm sure it's going to be very hard for you to find true, something. True, true. Nah, not really. But uh, but yeah. So we will, and and because of that, uh, because we are also um, because Jason and I have you, Vince, obviously to, to as a soundboard. But if there are items that any listeners, um, if there are any manga books that 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 you think are worth uh putting on that list what we're gonna we're 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 assembling them all and and jason's already started it on twitter uh people in the um in the facebook group in the episode thread when vince posts this if you want to throw your ideas in there um do so we will be i'll i'll be taking all of the suggestions and then uh over the next couple weeks uh the three of us will whittle them down and um and in early september we will um we will post that poll so we can all, uh, so everybody can vote on that. But if you have ideas, and and granted, and and don't worry if we've already talked about them because if if we have, you know, 
I don't want anybody to throw something out there and or, or say, oh, they probably already talked about this. Whatever idea you have, toss it our way. Um, obviously, not everything is going to make the list, but I'd rather I'd rather have the participation that than someone going, well, this will never get it. So, oh, agreed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there we go. Said. You know, it's not, and and it's okay if we pick. Um, the first volume of multi well that's the norm for manga yeah because the the anomaly is the single manga volume i think it's 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 inevitable okay all right so but i mean if you think about it though most of the time we are doing that unless we're reading an ogn or something i mean this yeah this just today tonight's book of the month is the first of what uh 30 trades and counting it's a lot yeah it is a lot any thank yous before we uh yes Power on. Um, yeah, a couple of thank yous. Um, one to uh, to our boys um, Cliff and Justin um, because they were uh, able to, with the help of another friend of ours, and I don't want to um, blow anybody's spot up, but uh, I was able to attend for a minute. Um, the Raleigh Supercon last Saturday. So I uh, definitely want to thank them for um, reaching out and letting me spend an hour or so with them. And yes, Vince, of course, I brought you guys back something from the show. Duh. Uh, wow. So uh, you'll all get that soon enough. I really just want to see um, your reaction, Vince. But the um, it's boobies. I also want to thank. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't want to spoil it. Um, I want to thank Justin for um, Cliff. Actually, clued me in that uh, that there was a dealer who had uh, the two book set of uh, History of the DC Universe. He had a couple of cop. He had a couple of sets at his table. Cliff bought one, but I never made it over to the dude's table um, when I was there. But Justin went and picked up a set for himself, and in doing so, also picked one up for me. So. Um, I came home with that. But before I left, Mr. Rick Easton was uh, really generous and sent me a box full of um, Star Trek goodies. There is a uh, – now I just got to find a computer with a uh, CD-ROM drive. It is, I'm sorry, DVD-ROM drive. This is a DVD-ROM complete comic book collection uh, going back from the gold key and the Power Records, the DC stuff, the Malibu and Marvel stuff, the Wildstorm comics versions of uh, of the different Star Trek volumes over the years. Uh, Denise and Michael Okuda, who were um, very instrumental in uh, creating the um, the look of uh, the Enterprise D. Uh, this is the. It's, it also includes a CD. This is the, uh, on board the USS Enterprise. It's a pretty spiffy-looking book. Um, and the sorry, this is the blueprints of the Enterprise D of various sections of um, of the ship, and it is it, it's in a really cool package. Um, Almost like it, it opens up like a hardcover book, but then inside uh, there are a ton of uh, rather large, ready-to-be um, folded, unfolded for your pleasure of uh, 
of blueprints. So thank you very much to uh, to Rick for that. It's 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 awesome, and I'll probably bring the DVD ROM to um, to work so I can then uh, throw them on a thumb drive to read later for any issues that I I don't presently have. I think that's it. Sweet. Book of the month. Mixed bag. Very mixed bag. Interesting. It it is. Um, The Hollow Earth. uh, No, Neil Adams did not write it. It is uh, (laughs) a product of Mr. Mignola, Christopher Golden, and Tom Snegoski. Yes? Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Snegoski. Pencils are by Ryan Sook. Inks by uh, now. Ryan Sook and Curtis Arnold, and the cover, the color art, of course, is by Dave Stewart. Um, Sook, Sook doing his best, Mike Mignola. Yeah, it's the yeah he's trying, but I think Sook is a, a far more elegant illustrator, so he can't help but. Yeah, it still makes it pretty, but it's, yeah. it's definitely he's he's. You could tell, even though Hellboy isn't in it a whole lot, um, you're, you, Ryan wants you to know that uh, this is the universe you're in. And um, and I definitely, I, I appreciate that, because at least there's, there's some um, familiarity. But uh, at the same time, it's nice that, you know, you can look at the, uh, the Commandy serial from Wednesday Comics, or even, you know, the la- last month's... Uh, the unexpected, and and that's kind of the Ryan Sook you're you're familiar with. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. This is not Seven Soldiers, Ryan Sook. This is right uh, living in the shadow of Mister Mignola, and and he does a good job in keeping the the universe coherent, like or uh, in in keeping in the same branding that was established by Hellboy. I mean, that's the whole point of this, right? Um, but. I think the the story is is it's fun uh, what what little story there is but it only I, I think it only works with the benefit that we have going back to this after how many years in knowing where this story goes without knowing that this story's like a it's a one off it's it there's very little substance to this thing because it, it it exists as part of yeah a, a much bigger tapestry. Well, it's it's probably worth setting up by saying that this is actually um a, a direct. This follows directly in continuity. It's almost a sequel, if not a continuation, of the Conqueror Worm, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Hellboy arc that came uh, right before this. But they don't. But to your point, I mean, I. I I know that you know that we know that, but it's not as though you would know that. No, like in the in the right. off chance that you pick this up because people tell you how great BPRD is, but you aren't familiar with Hellboy uh, or hadn't read Hellboy prior to this, you, you you don't know that this is picking up right off of Conqueror Worm, and I think that's a little bit of a flaw. Um, yeah, well, n- not insurmountable, but but I think it does force you into the deep end a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you really need to know, I think, to get into this story is that the Bureau, the BPRD, is 
there, there's a there's a very clear delineation between the bureau as an organization and the bureau as a team of paranormal companions. Like the bureau as it exists is not entirely altruistic. It's not squeaky clean. It, it, it's it's just a framework of of paper pushers and and people who follow rules. But the bureau is really Abe and Johan and Roger and well, when this book opens, Hellboy goes away. But I mean, he's at, he's still at the heart of it. Every decision that is made in this story by either Abe or Liz or um, Roger, I mean, it's, it's they they still do it with Hellboy in mind. So it's like he's he's not pulling the strings, but he is the the ghost that that walks through every one of these panels in this this first story. It's, mm-hmm. He he is the he's the heart of it. And and rightly so because he is the instigating factor, right? All this comes; it all springs from Hellboy. If if there was no Hellboy, then this wouldn't exist, right? Right. Um, but so I I think because they, they there there's a point made where it says, well, the bureau planted a bomb in Roger. You know, and it's it 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 wasn't. The, the 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 friends that did it it was the structure of the bureau the bureau is not it, it's an it's an organization but it's not what the focus of the story is the focus is abe and and uh johan and like the the the, the paranormal super friends right but the bureau could be very nasty when it wants to be like all kate um corrigan cares about is that her machine runs smoothly Mm-hmm. You know, she pretends to be their friend, mm. but she's, I don't, I mean, she, I think she is, but she's more concerned that her machine runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. Like she says to one, to Abe, Abe has um, concerns with what has gone down and he doesn't feel like the Bureau is a, a, for him. And he's like, well, Hellboy left. I think I'll do the same. And Kate is is speaking to... um What's his name? Is it uh, Ken? Uh, she's and she's like, he's a fish man. Where's he gonna go? You know what I mean? That's not something you say to, about friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you you would genuinely be concerned. Like my my boo is having problems here, so I have to try and make his his life a little bit easier. But that's not her. She's like, I need my my bureau, my machine. I'm field director. I need my machine to run correctly. So that's preeminent in her mind and then yeah the fact that she's hellboy's friend and abe's friend that's like secondary or or maybe even tertiary she Mm -hmm. she does i i guess if you want to call it devil's advocate because when when he he um when he's when she's talking to tom and and tom say you know with with hellboy gone the whole time with roger they don't trust the bureau she's like well can you blame them and and so you know she's she Yes, you're right. It, it's she seems to be very, uh, I guess, blunt. Yes, he is. I mean, he, it's not like he can. He's going to fit in, and and be able to, you know, rent an apartment and hop down to the bodega when he needs to get some milk. It's it's it, where else is someone like him going to to fit in or or find a place that belongs? And and I, yeah, calling him a fishman is definitely it's kind of cold. I raising yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's not how I would expect a friend to, to refer to another 
friend, but um, she is. Yes, she's not. She doesn't. She's not so cold. Where it's just all about the job. She she obviously. Uh, well, she respects. I'll say and and uh, wants. I guess it, I'm, I'm, I got the sense that she definitely wants what's best for her friends, but it's still they're they're there to serve a purpose. You know, where else are these um, th- these weirdnesses? Who else is going to investigate them? Who who else is going to 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 do the research on on, on these paranormal events? So it's I, I guess she figures that they've got nothing else going on, and and they really have no other place to go. But yeah, she I'm I'm all about how you how you say things and how you present them, and and uh, there were other words, other phrases that that. that in my mind, could have been used to get the same point across. But she gets all the glory, and she's even amazed. I mean, wow, it's like my job. <laughs> she, she gets all the glory for the, the the toils of her her paranormal monkeys, and even at the end, she was like surprised that it actually worked out in for the good. She's like, wow, yeah. wow, geez. yeah, whew. yeah, uh, yeah. Whew. I'm still I'm still field field director, but. The, the the thing that's driving the the Hollow Earth is that Liz Sherman is is having trouble um, controlling the uh, the fires that rage within her. So she heads off to uh, where we all go to to control the rage, the the Arctic Circle. And, and <laughs> now see now I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, oh, she's just bad. looking for Agartha. This uh, you know. Um, a pipe dream, a mystical place, um, never was, you know, who can say? But um, she, she does find help in, in the form of these, uh, these monks, and uh, she's used for nefarious purposes, let's just say. But it's, it's, it's all a lead-in to what we would see in the uh, the plague of frogs and the war of frogs because th- it's mentioned once the Agdru Jihad is mm-hmm. mentioned one time which is nice that it's mentioned just once because it makes me wonder whether this was a fluke or whether it was planned the entire I, I I'm I'm going to err on the side of caution and and think that the entire plague and war on frogs was not fully formed at the time of this writing, of this story. Um, they they I'm sure they molded it as they went along, but the idea may have been here for this massive um, tale, and it's 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 huge. What eight years till the end of the the war on frogs? I think it's eight years. It's a lot of comics. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the the thing I love most about this story is the uncertainty, which dovetails nicely into the fact that it's the first BPRD story, solo mm-hmm. BPRD story. You have right. Abe, Abe who doesn't fit in. He doesn't know what's, what's, what to do. He's thinking of himself. Uh, Liz is thinking of herself. She wants to control the rage. Um, Johan is 
the fish new. out of we, he's we new. Yeah. Him. yeah, yeah, he's the fish out of water. He's like, I'm still doing the training, but and they're like, what training? What are you talking about? Um, so he doesn't know the ropes, and he turns out to be the most useful out of everyone. For sure. Yeah, but they're all most of them. Most of the players in this story are, and especially uh, Kate, are me, 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 me. Uh, how does this relate to me? How do I fit in here? What does this mean to me? Where as the BPRD stories go on, you see less and less and less of that. It's more they they become this cohesive, this this family of of um, justice and seekers that that battle these paranormal. They battle monsters. Right, this this plague of of monsters, and they're not individuals as this goes along. They they become the 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 BPRD proper, right? Yeah. So so that's what I'm thinking. So you have the creative team. It's like, all right, we got these characters from Hellboy. We want to branch out. We want to make something else. You know, what are we gonna do? Well, they're finding their way in this story as much as the characters themselves. That's why mm-hmm. I I think that conceptually that's the part of this story that works for me. Big picture, it's there's really not much to chew on here. What did you get? Right, at? it's 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 a it's an introduction to Johan. Really, it's some backstory on Liz, and it's essentially a, a rescue mission. Yeah. Mean, that's really all it is. Um, but but the cool thing is, so the the big bad at the at the core of it is the same big bad that instigated the Hellboy stuff, the Nazis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not Nazis bad. Yeah, I I don't know if since we're just getting started on the book, if this is the right time to say it, but I it, it feels natural based on the way you just set it up. It's worth noting that that I would characterize this as much in the same vein when we talk about fables. That while I think this is a fine set of stories, um, I don't think this is anywhere close to the the best that BPRD is. Or will be. And so I don't want people to have read this having been curious about BPRD for a long time and then having read it and said, oh, okay, I, I don't think I need to keep going. Because the the plague in the War of Frogs is incredible comics. And it's, it's as you alluded, a super long run. It's intense. It's one chain of continuity. There's amazing new characters, there's all kinds of interstitial adventures. It's phenomenal. And so you need to read this to get there. I mean this is the the turning of the of the key into the lock, but but there's a lot more exciting BPRD comics to come uh if you can get through this. Agreed. Yeah. And and Sook is a, a great illustrator, but in comparison to Guy Davis who own, owns the BPRD. Yeah. I mean, it was his book for a long time. And and for me, I think Davis defines the entire BPRD, the look, the feel. Uh, and when someone else comes on, even Richard Corbin with the, with the Hellboy stuff, um, if it's not Mignola on, on, Hell, on Hellboy and Guy Davis on the BPRD, it feels weird. Right? I mean, I, yeah, I love Richard Corbin, but when he does Hellboy, it's a treat. It's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And then when someone else comes in, like like you had uh, Scott Collins do the, a lot of people. I mean, Tyler yeah. Crook and, I mean... 
and they're all great, but they're yeah, not. Think, they're not yeah. Guy Davis. I think Guy Davis is the the head honcho for the BPRD. In my mind, yeah. No, I mean I can't argue that. I can't argue that Guy Davis is that dude. But but I have to say, I think one of the best things Mignola does is carefully select, yeah, and curate the artists that get to touch his characters. Yep, yep. James Heron, uh, right? Yeah, there you go, James Heron. Exactly. I own a James Heron BPRD. Page. Yes, you do. You, yeah. you, I mean, you're a jerk. Which uh, which ones do? Which one do you have? I don't remember. Wait, what? Do you, I don't remember what page. It I, is. Don't, I don't. I don't remember the page number. I don't remember the page or the issue number. All I know is that it was uh, gotten from Felix. Word. Yeah. A word. That's how we do. Yeah. But this is the sexiest Liz Sherman has looked. I will say that. <laughs> she she gets so much though. Right. She gets a little little mannish over the course of the But that's okay, right? Um if you like that. There's a lot of Kirby homage in this story too. A lot of crackle. A lot of Kirby crackle. Oh yes. Yeah. Um but it's Abe and and so he is uh if I can't have Hellboy, I'll go with Abe. If I can't have you, right. I don't want nobody, Abe. He's uh, so he's the fish man and he does a secondary mutation to become even more um unhuman like, but in my mind uh, I think Abe is the most human out of, out of all the BPRD characters. Yes. I, yeah, at least for a long time. I, I, I mean, I think he goes through some he goes through some things. Yeah. More recently, but but yeah, yeah, I agree. And for those he's of you, the heart, he's the heart of BPRD. Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for those of you who know who only know Hellboy from the movies, shame on you. Um, Liz Sherman is tied to Abe. In the comics, whereas yeah. in the movies, it's uh, implied or outright. Well, although, I mean, they do show that uh, in, in her flashback, and I love the use of the flashbacks in this, because without, without needing, you know, whole, reca- depending on, you know, when you come into the Hellboy mythology, you know, you just get a few panels letting everybody know how Hellboy touched each of them and, and or what brought them to um to the BPRD, but but when Liz when her flashback is shown, everybody's wigging out because you know you need the the, the hazmat suits and um Hellboy just walks in and, and sits down next to her and and you know offers her a lollipop. So um there wasn't at least as far as that flashback was, there wasn't a whole lot of, of Abe here. But that was because I think they wanted to establish that the Hellboy is, or at least was, the glue. Or, or you know, if if, if Hellboy's not going to be here, then then why should, I guess, anybody else kind of kind of stick around? But when you... You mentioned how, um, at the end of the story that uh kate is is surprised that you know everybody survived and and is is acting as though you know her job is safe for another day and because i have not read every bprd comic um and i'm just going by what's in this book at least for now when i saw that wow Yes, part of it is is because you know 
everybody survived and everybody's going back to the center. But I also looked at it like they started this adventure above the Arctic Circle and they ended up in the Scottish Highlands. So that's where I was reading her Kate's reaction as to um, of bewilderment or wonderment because it, it wasn't nothing went according to plan and and they're they're hiding out in the cold waiting to get the call back from Abe that they can come in and rescue him and when they get the call it's over 36 hours away in another part of the world so are based on what you know of what's to come with BPRD are you it's I don't want to say projecting, but based on what you know of the character as, as what happens with her after this book, is that why you, she gets warmer. She, she, okay. be, she becomes more, but see, they didn't teleport to the no, Scottish Highlands. No. So the wow, it, she had to take time to get there. Right. Yes. So she knew where she was going. I, I, I'm, that's why I, I don't I don't understand, I don't get how you could read that into the wow that it's like wow she they're in a different climate different geographic location but well, she comics, when she knew where she was going you know what I'm saying did, right but we but it's it's like when when they said you know we we, we picked up Abe's signal and you're not going to believe this and she goes try me and then the next page out of the four panels on the last panel is when we next see her. So, so yes, I'm right. sure they, she's they looking were, at the sure scenery, were conversations going like, Holy on crap. the way there, but we don't, we, 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 we were never privy to them. I mean, we, it, that happens in all, in all the time with comics, with conversations that characters have with, with one another or that we don't read or that happen, you know, as they're walking down a corridor, which, you know, wouldn't take that long, but that's, I always chalk that up to that. That's just comics and they're trying to tell the story and, and move it along. This, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't read this and think that, you know, she says wow here, whereas you know, she had thirty six hours to, to, to be surprised. I didn't I didn't read into that, but I right. I get it. No, I mean uh, I don't I don't think we've done a very good job of actually saying what this story's about. Um Liz is used to fire up she she's she's taken she's taken captive and her her fiery energy powers are used to ignite these ancient war machines that were created by in the beginning there was the left hand path and the right hand path and the 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 humans of the right hand path are we led to believe that they left the planet or they they went somewhere else and all that was left was the left hand path guys and um shit didn't go well they created these these war machines the nazis got wind of it through there because there was a, an entire division of occult investigations in the Nazi uh, during World War One uh, and Two, and um, the members of BPRD, this newly not newly christened, but this group of of members meet for the initial time. You got Abe, Roger, Johan. Um, they rescue Kate or um, Liz. That's basically it. That's basically it. And we're given glimpses of maybe this is just a tiny facet of a much bigger gem. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's nefarious things at work here. And the, none of the characters 
ever stop to consider that maybe they're missing something? That maybe this is there's more to what was going on than just let's just rescue Liz. Like these care these these um, creatures, they they start popping up from everywhere, right? Right, but it's early, so they wouldn't have put the they wouldn't have necessarily seen the signs together, and also they're they're they are uh, following orders, right? I mean, they yeah. they they're, they're kind of they're given need to know, so there's there's a lot of times that all they know is that they have to do this on you know they have to do activity X on mission Y. Right, they're not necessarily brought into made privy to to the to the grander issues at times. Now, as the series goes on, obviously that changes. But right, right. But definitely, the most informed is Johan. Right, and 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 we also get a very detailed uh, illustration of uh, of his his origin. Yeah. Yes. He was a medium, and and he was out of his body when uh, an event happened that uh, killed lots and lots of people, uh, destroyed their bodies, their physical bodies, including his own. So he had no no physical body to bring his astral projection back into. And the BPRD folks were able to find uh, a way to build a containment suit that kind of looks like a deep sea diver suit. And uh, he can, he can, um, he resides in that suit now. Yeah. And there's a couple strips from uh, what dark horse extra that details yeah. that, that a little bit better, mm-hmm. but um, initial salvo, not bad, not shabby, right? Yeah, it's like a solid. It's like a solid B. But I don't know if I would have, if I was reading this as it was coming out. I don't know that I would have clamored to read the next bunch of BPRD right away. Right. I, I read this along with a bunch of the, probably the first five or six trades, all together after it had already been an established property. Yeah, but see the thing was if you enjoyed, were you reading Hellboy back then? No. Okay. The thing, if you were reading Hellboy, you just picked this up. Sure. Because it was it was part of Hellboy. So yeah, I mean, spinoff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember me and Marty were just like, oh, okay, BPRD. We wouldn't even think of it ab- about it. We would just get it because mm-hmm. it it was uh, part and parcel of the Hellboy universe. So you had to. Read so here's it. a question: When did that stop happening? Wow. Well, honest to God, there was a time when I would not read Hellboy and just read BPRD because Hellboy started coming out um, so infrequently. Like the mm-hmm. the Hellboy and Hell stuff. Like I don't even I didn't even finish Hellboy and Hell. I don't know why. I, mm-hmm. But um, and and of course I wax and wane on on bprd too just because the story took so long to tell like the the um the stuff that comes after war of frogs that's i think it's almost as long if not longer than the whole plague and war saga yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so i mean it's a it's a massive massive story well, because you said you picked this up because it was right of Hellboy, and then you know, then there was Lobster Johnson, which I know yeah. Marty's a huge fan of. But yeah. uh, there's, um, you know, there, there's there's uh, Witchfinder. There's there's all kinds of yeah of follow-on or spinoff type. In Baltimore. Uh, the universe is the universe has continued to grow. Yeah, and um, I much rather read it 
in collected form like this. Same, same. Yeah. Right. Just because I can't remember what... Also what I, same. Yeah. It's, I, I, I can't tell you... It's been so long since I've read BPRD that I remember the big moments of mm-hmm. the plague and the war, but I'm sure there's a ton that I'm forgetting. Yep. It's nice to revisit. I would love to reread it all. Mm-hmm. You know, from the beginning, go with um, the original um, Hellboy and just read it all in tandem. Because, yeah. I, like I said, I don't know what happened at the end of Hellboy and Hell. I've I've heard things, but I, I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dap, what would you give this? The uh, initial story. The I... I like it and it's like you said, it's, it's a rescue mission, but um, for someone who, if, if you are someone who is not uh, familiar with Hellboy or want to know, um, it, it's, it's almost, it, it's, it's a supporting cast book, but it, it's, what I appreciated about this first story is that as I was reading it, the focus was just on individual characters. Yeah. There was a whole lot going on as far as everything that's in the hollow earth and, and everything that they come across and these other creatures, but none of that seemed to really matter. It, it, it it was there. There may have been a little bit of drama, but this was, I just kept, going over the conversation because Johan is the new reader's eyes and ears and, and every all the questions he has, Abe and Roger, they're able to answer. It, so without needing a recap page or caption boxes upon caption boxes, you're just, you're, you're, you're catching up. You're overhearing a conversation. And, and I thought that that was a real smart approach. Um, the, uh, but everything that they come across isn't really as, it may play out later on and, and, and it does, but it really doesn't, it's nowhere near it. And this first story as important as it is, as, as establishing the characters and, and um, who they are and what, um, what you need to know about. Them. Um, right. yep. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, I, I, I really like the first story because of what it accomplishes, but it's not, it, it, it's not exactly a story that that's going to stick with you. You're going to have lingering thoughts about you're not, you're not yeah. at least initially. I mean, like you said, as it, as things play out over time with the rest of the series, you can see, you can pick up on things, but you're not hit over the head with, Hey, this is important or make sure you remember this. We're, we're focusing on these folks right now because this is what's going to keep you coming back. Yep. Definitely not a standalone, but, but um, a much, it it's a worthy read because it it's it's the corridor that'll get you into a mm-hmm. much much larger room. Let's just put and it. It was more than fifteen years ago that this came out. It's crazy. That's nuts. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have written by, of course, Mike Mignola. Pencils by Matt Smith. Inks by Ryan Sook. Well, there he is again. Well, the, and this—I'm sorry. This was uh, this was basically his audition. This was Ryan's first foray into the Hellboy universe. Was was inking uh, 
Matt before he was able, before he penciled the, um, the Hollow Earth story. Colors by Dave Stewart. It is The Killer in My Skull, the uh, introductory story featuring Lobster Johnson. Yep. Yeah, and it's... Who would have been a BPRD member if he was around in the same time. <laughs> yes, yeah. If, if the BPRD was around in the late 30s, early 40s, yeah. Um, this, I'll just... And about four, there are four stories in, in this book. I... For some reason, I keep forgetting about Ape Sapien versus Science. But um, this was – this particular story, it, I think it, it was the most odd or at least not not poorly placed. It's just that we're, we start off with the hollow earth and, and meeting uh, present day in quotes BPRD team. But before we go even further into this collection – Here's a story about a dude from the 30s, and it just it it, it didn't stop it cold, but yeah. it was just it's it seemed weirdly placed in this book. No, I, I yeah I I think I think you you're hitting on my main takeaway from this book rereading it is that this book probably should just be like an appendix to the broader universe. Like it's it's you don't need to read this really to read the bulk of BPRD. A lot of this is just filling in the blanks, kind of taking you to the way back, introducing you to some things. Like in another story here, we 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 see Roger get animated, but he's animated in the continuity long before this volume comes out. I mean, he's animated in obviously he's a big part of Conqueror Worm and and Hollow Earth. So, um, and and as you said, I mean, Lobster Johnson is an, a different character, part of the same universe, but but he's from a different time period now they'll go on to spend a lot of time in that time period, but to this point they hadn't. So it's, it's really more of a, almost like a odd lot of, of Hellboy related stories that they had lying around and they decided to assemble into one volume to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The lobster Johnson story is my favorite in the entire book. It is. I mean, lobster Johnson meets the brain from planet Aros. Come on. There's a, (laughs) there's a giant, ambulatory brain with a spinal cord such as it is it it doesn't look like a traditional spinal cord it's just basically a a big ribbon hanging off the brain but uh i I love this story and because it it's it's silly as hell there's uh it is there's um uh zinco davis laboratories these these scientists golden age to, to the personified oh it and it's pulpy as af lobster johnson could be in the masks from dynamite alongside the shadow and the spider and uh, green hornet. If you had lobster Johnson in that group, nobody would blink because he fits in so well with that, with that, that, those characters. But um, these scientists from Zinco Davis are winding up dead. They're turning up dead with their heads crushed by giant things. Um, as it opens, there's a giant, there's a desk that um, has been uh, used to smash the head of one of the uh, the uh, scientists. And, well, Lobster Johnson goes, well, hey, we got this photograph. Four of the people in this photograph are now dead, and one of them is not. Do you think we should talk to the guy that's not dead? <laughs> the Texans were so dumb back then. Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, they, they talk to him, and he's, got, he, he's he has a, a strange gizmo. 
in his room and he was messing around with his brain and he, he can do things with his head, with his brain. Um, but uh, Zinko Davis kind of were uh, not very kind to him and they used him as a bit of a guinea pig. Um, so he, in order to not go back to Zinko Davis, he takes his own life and that's when the giant brain from Planet Aros <laughs> pops up and Lobster Johnson fights the brain and is being strangled by the spinal cord. Uh, it's just goofy, silly. Um, and it, there's, what is it, eight pages, if that? One, two, three. No, it's more than that. Four, five, than six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages. Twelve? Ten. Oh, okay. Um, it's just fun. It's It's fun. Uh, with uh, fun with giant brains, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing I like uh, the most about Lobster Johnson in, in um, his costume, but he's so damn sure of himself. You don't want to fuck with the, the lobster. You're gonna get the claw. You know. He, he, <laughs> he's like, I'm the best man, and I'll I'll mess you up. So you better listen to me. Yes. Like, destroy all the evidence. Don't ever speak of this to anyone ever right. again. Does didn't ever happened. <laughs> There's worse things than this out there, my friend. Now, who's uh, who's his Johnny Thunder sidekick? I forget his name. Um, what the hell's his name? You're not talking about the detective, the Kirby clone, right? You, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. The, this Spectacles guy. Um, yeah, like yes. the schoolboy school oh, legion guy. Yeah, I forget this freaking name. I mean, newsboy, newsboy legion guy, rather. Yeah. I don't remember his name, and I don't think it's in this story either. No, I'm 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 rereading it now. Uh, um, he just you know boss and I forget. But anyway, he's yeah, I forget the figure the guy's name. But it's all about Johnson anyway. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's got Johnson in his name. He's a big <laughs> big, big swinging paranormal dick. Love That's him. right. Yeah. And then we get an Abe, Sap- Abe Sapien story by... Uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is but Roger it's... Story. Yeah, it's more of a Roger sure, story. Abe sure, sure. happens to be there. Abe Sapien versus Science by Mike Mignola. You'll hear that name a lot when you talk BPRD. Uh, well, pen- pencils by Matt Smith again. Inks by Mr. Mignola. Colors by Dave Stewart. And as the boy said, it's basically a Roger story. Roger the homunculus. Um, and Abe's intervention, timely intervention, that uh, saved Roger from the dissection table and uh, resulted in him being animated and walking in the waking world. That's basically it. If it weren't for Abe, Roger would be no more. But then it's Nick. Dr. Cobb is a slave to fashion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's a dick, too. And And if... If um, it weren't for Hellboy, Abe would be on the dissecting table. So yes. it, it all comes around. What more can be said about this story? It, it's, a, it's the most straightforward of all of them. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. It's cute, you know. Um, and it, it doesn't... It doesn't... Um, it, you know, in some ways, it doesn't do Roger justice because the the story just by itself doesn't necessarily lead you to understand how important he is. Now, again, in the context of the broader narrative, you already probably know that. But right, 
as I see it. I, I think it's it's just establishes that Abe has a heart and he's learning by example. Mm-hmm. You know, Hellboy did it to him, so he turns yeah. around and and offers offers a little hand up to to Roger. This is where the family aspect of the BPRD comes in, I think. Mm-hmm. And that they're not a, it's not an organ it is an organization, but it's more of a family. And that's yeah. the that's the facet of the BPRD that I care about. I just I mean the we've seen a lot of characters come through the the bureau, but there's not many of them enter that little family. Right. Yeah. Now, the last story of the book, Drums of the Dead, what the hell ever happened to Brian McDonald and Derek Thompson, the writer and the artist of the story? I don't know, man. It's a, it's very Steve Pugh looking to me. I, I liked it a lot. Oh, I did too. Yeah. This was probably my favorite visual issue of the book. Really? Yes. Yeah, I like what happens to... Uh, to Garrett? Yeah, when he when he gets all... <laughs> He turns into a giant... Turns into the nail monster? Giant nail pig monster with venom tongue. It's, 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 and, it's, and a spear. I don't know where the spear came from, but... Where the hell did the cod piece come from? With the with the freaking bones. <laughs> with the bones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe... Yeah, no, see, the spear's not even a, a fishing... Well, maybe it is. But, yeah, no, it's it's... Yeah, I don't know where the nails came from. I, I was like, wait, did, did like someone shoot a nail gun at him? But no, it's just it's the strangest fucking thing, and I love it. Well, it's it, yeah, he's just possessed by the whatever spirit you know in, infests him. So, who, who cares where the nails came from? <laughs> <laughs> they're there. No, I mean, I like, just live with cool. it. God damn it. It's, it's just cool. It was very there. cool. It's very cool. It's just, I mean, everything about. This this monster creature just materializes out of thin air, and it it's just it but gives why? me pause. It doesn't stop the story. It's just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's That's not it's not a giant like, conglomeration of of slaves, right? I could see if it he's was, not wrapped in chains. No, these are no, nails. He's they're, a, they're just it's, he looks like a a giant boar he, hyena. Yeah, he's like with he's nails like in him. Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, he does look like Rocksteady a little bit. With fringe bone on his, it's I don't know, I don't know, but it's cool to look at. It, it is very cool. It to just look doesn't at it, yeah. make a whole lot of sense in 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 terms of the. It's not even nautical. Like, and, and then and then like the hooves, the, the the back legs. It's like I don't. It's so yeah. It's it's just it's. I love it. It's, Give it's me something cool. I need it's a crazy. big cool yeah, creature. I know, Derek was just like fuck it. I'm going. I'm just. I'm going to draw whatever. Just yeah. Where have the pencils taken me? I hate sharks. Sharks scare the shit out of me. I know that's what they're <laughs> supposed to do. But I cannot wait for Meg next next week. Is it next week? I think so. Oh, Damn. nice. But I mean, I'm okay with great whites. For some reason, it's the 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 other sharks that are in this. The um, like the the dog shark. In the, with the eighty teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the eyes that have no friggin' soul, like. <laughs> The uh, great white has I, uh, my fear of the great white has been worked out of me thanks to Jaws and 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 you know Sharknado and things like that. It's the other sharks that I'm afraid of now, like a dog shark or a tiger shark or whatever. 
they they just have these eyes that are soulless and they're just they just want to mm-hmm. eat you they want to eat the shit out of you and i hate it yeah <laughs> I, I don't i don't go in the water for just that reason around. i will not so go we're, do, we're, we're doing a lot of talk about the character design but the story itself is that abe is sent to investigate a series of mysterious supernatural murders involving sailors going crazy and throwing each other off into the shark infested waters yeah and um he he discovers that there's a supernatural bent that is because of uh during the slave trade times there was a passage where many many slaves were um killed and or died and they're thrown over the boat and the the uh tortured souls of those slaves have created this pocket on in the ocean that uh drives sailors mad with bloodlust with the idea of feeding the shark so it's a little uh little one-off adventure that uh, they often do in BPRD amidst the the, the bigger world-ending saga there was a an Abe Sapien um, miniseries. I actually think it was like two issues, maybe, that was very similar in tone to this. Abe, Abe finds himself on a ship. Um, it, it, it wasn't the same um, paranormal reason for him being there. But I remember, I, I even forget the name of it. Uh, Johnson did the covers. And uh, it just reminded me, uh, just the, the, the overall atmosphere felt mm-hmm. felt like uh like this story they didn't have the uh the same racist uh shipping captain <laughs> no, no oh okay <laughs> uh, so and then that's the entirety of the hollow earth and other stories it is indeed um i recommend scaring up a copy of the plague of frogs volume 1 Yes, because you get this, you get all that we talked about, plus two more trade paperbacks. That um, it totals almost four hundred pages, with the uh, the sketchbook and other bric-a-brac stuff in the back. But at least you'll get a larger window into what will come next, and you'll get obviously more explorations into these characters. I don't think that the hollow earth does Abe or Roger or Johan any justice, just that one story. You're, yeah. you're not getting, uh, an inkling of, of what makes these characters tick. Well, you Pretty get, bad. okay, you get some, some, but, uh, because this story has gone on for so long and there's just been mm-hmm. so many different, um, twists and turns in the, the, the saga, I do think you need a much bigger bite of BPRD than just the first trade paperback. A hundred percent. I mean, plus we haven't met uh, Damio yet, or I know Anya. Yeah. I mean, Damio's probably my maybe my favorite. Yep. He, I like, yeah, I like him. Sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there so we it, go. <laughs> I, I guess as we're talking about this, it, people might think we're. It's, it sounds like we're a little muted with it. It's. It's not. I, I do want to emphasize it, it, it's it's not a muted affection for BPRD. It's just that this is like the appetizer for what's to come. So, yep. 
it's kind of like um, the first song of your favorite album. Does that one first song define the entire album? No, it plays a part in it, but it, it doesn't uh, encapsulate everything that you're going to hear on both sides. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what this Hollow Earth is. It's a, it's a great opening ditty, but um, Day in the Life yes. is the last song on side two, and you're not there yet. So, yep. For, yep, for truth. Yeah. So what else do we have? I mean, anything you want, we, uh, we just summed it up, but is there anything that you guys wanted to say that you didn't get to touch upon while we were getting into this? Um, no, it, uh, based on what I had written down, we touched, if I didn't, you guys did, touched on uh, everything I wanted to at least make mention of. Um, a minor, a minor gripe, which is, I, I don't get why they did the library editions for Hellboy and didn't do library editions for BPRD. Odd, right? Frustrating. They look so good yeah. on the shelf next to each other. And I, I also don't understand why they allow things to go out of print. Yeah. Um, one would think that Dark Horse would um, give Hellboy and BPRD a big old bear hug because mm-hmm. that I'm sure a large part of their revenue comes from those. The hardcover editions of The Plague of Frogs, especially Volume 2, very hard to get they yeah. have they have them in trade paperback but if you're you know some of them are available some of them aren't it's it's like one of my bitches with um when your hose no one of my bitches when you go into on them streets a uh a book chain a bookstore chain and they they carry manga and they don't have the first volume mm-hmm. but they have volume three seven and nine that, that does no one any good. Those yep. those volumes that they have on their shelves are never going to sell. Yep. It just it boggles my mind how they can do that. And it's the same thing with this. Like, why would you let an evergreen book go out of print in a in a in a version? If you published it in a hardcover, continue to do so as your print run runs out. You're not going to lose money on it. Lower your 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 run. You know, mm-hmm. it's always going to sell. I don't know. But I'm not Mike Richardson, so obviously, uh, maybe there are things that uh, at play that uh, I'm not aware of. But anyway, um, and and why not do an, an omnibus edition? If if you let them go out of print, publish them in a new edition. Take the plague, both volumes or, or whatever many volumes of Plague of Frogs, break them up into giant chunks and do omnibuses now. You know, sell it in a different format. I don't know, but I would never let. A version of this stuff go out of print it's just mm-hmm. weird yes yeah so there you has it there it is yep there it is it's it's a worthy read just take a bigger bite <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's that's my one recommendation so what else did you guys read i have to admit i i only have one thing only one thing i only have one uh-huh. thing so if I want to have an in your travels, I'm not going to say much for the next. Uh, wow! However many. Uh... Oh, wow. I have it. I have an in your travels. I could talk about something. Jason, what else did you read in addition to this book of the month thing? Uh, let's see. Um, got my handy dandy list here. Oh, um, yeah. So 
this is kind of cool. The um, <laughs> no, because because Karen Berger is certainly one of the most important people in comics of the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I assume most of our listeners know who she is, but she was the editor and and brain trust and driving force behind Vertigo when Vertigo was putting out all the legendary titles that made Vertigo a thing in the first place. And for a long time, she hung around at DC. Um, but a few years ago, it seems like either, I don't know if she got pushed out or she just got tired of the new regime, but she left. And I think people hoped she would get back into comics, but it wasn't a given. She was, uh, I think she immediately went to a, a, uh, a book publisher and became an editor there for a while. But in any event, she made her triumphant return. I believe last San Diego is when it became official, but um, it was about a year or so ago, maybe if not San Diego or before it, but they announced burger books, which is her own imprint at dark horse. Speaking of another dark horse book. And um, today was the release of the first issue of the first book of the Burger Books imprint, and that is The Seeds. Yes. So, it's uh, written by Anna Senti. Look at you. Bygones know, be right? bygones, right? Well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Because, <sighs> let's, let's be, for those of you not taking score at home, Ms. Nascenti is... When her name comes up, more often than not, the butt of the joke for some of us. Yes. Yes. Um, and and the reason for that, in case you all are wondering out there, is because Anne had the unenviable <laughs> distinction of being the writer to write Daredevil after Frank Miller's run. And which is a great. It run. really isn't all that bad. It's a great yeah. run. What are you kidding me? But it's it's just it's super hard to <laughs> to follow greatness like that. Anyway, uh, regardless of that, um, yeah, written by Endo Senti and uh, uh, illustrated by Mister David Aja, Woot. who who has been away from comics for a long time. Um, so it's nice to see him back. Uh, so there were a lot. There was a lot going for this book, purely on the creative and team, and the, and and that Karen Berger was making this her flagship book, right? Because I'm sure, given her stature, it was a very careful decision which book was going to launch from this imprint first, and this was the choice. So I was, uh, I was. It was pretty much the first thing I wanted to read this week when I got my books. Um, now to describe it. First of all, it's a four issue limited series. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you will just wait for the trade, um, if you're going to read it, but, um, it is a, it's a science fiction story. It is a story set in the relatively near future. There is, uh, um, a wall like the Berlin wall or the wall that, uh, Cheeto wants to build. Um, on one side is a rundown post-apocalyptic world, but where everybody is essentially obsessed with technology. Sound familiar? Um, on the other side of the wall is 
uh, a complete abandonment of technology in all of its forms. No phones, no TV, no nothing. And it's, it's literally divided by a physical wall. So some people go back and forth, but many people, almost like a religion, make a claim for one or the other. The, the tech heads can't fathom what the Luddites across the wall would, would why would they ever live like that? And uh, the people on the other side are living their existence and, you know, think that the people obsessed with technology have lost their way. Um, and and we, we get glimpses into different members of both sides of the, of the tract. There's a couple who are raising bees and uh, like, like actual bees. Uh, there is a, the main protagonist is a is a young journalist, uh, and she wants to tell interesting stories, like you know, deep investigative journalism. But her boss wants her to write clickbait stories to make money, and so they do a little quid pro quo. Where her boss says, "If you do this clickbait story for me, I will then give you the time to do the story that you want to do that nobody's going to read." Um, uh, we meet a uh, young blonde haired woman who is uh, disabled. She's, she's in a wheelchair and, and or walking crutches. Uh, we meet her after she just had sex with a uh, dude wearing a, uh, an industrial gas mask. And we, uh, we, we start getting glimpses into each of these characters, who they are, what are their motivations. But it's also clear that a lot of the people walking around wearing masks, at first you think they're wearing masks because the pollution is so bad and, and I'm sure that's part of it but you start hearing them talk about things like coming to earth or we're here for a reason or that's not part of our mission and it becomes apparent that they are not of this planet or at least they're speaking as though they're not of this planet whether they're actually not or you know, I guess we're made to be seen um, and and so it seems that there is um, these these people that are here from off world were sent here for a reason to collect seeds, genetic seeds of the human race, because they are uh, whoever's there in charge of them are uh, send them to different planets to collect genetic material right before uh, a species or a planet is about to be destroyed. And that it's clear they've been here for a while because these aliens are essentially totally ingratiated into the population, including and not limited to having sex with human women. Um, but, but I said, had a boy. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. The, um, you know, it's, it's only four issues. So I think shit's going to hit the fan pretty quickly. Um, Aja does picks up right where he left off on immortal iron fist. He, it's a, it's the entire book is nine panel grid with, uh, Essentially black, white, and some different layered gray tones and some zipatone. So it's it's almost as though you're looking at news footage in a way. It's kind of the feel of it. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I, I think it's it's gonna it it's super intriguing. Every character was was obtuse and unusual, but but also engaging. And I'm fascinated to see what the beekeepers and the journalists and this young young disabled girl who by her own admission is a slut and, and then this, this, this lead alien collector, like what they all have to do with each other. Um, Cause it's clear that, that they may be starting from 
different places, but I'm sure they're all going to overlap and come to some kind of uh, um, confluence over the next and, and final three issues. So uh, definitely a strong start, and and, and I, I think it's 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 nice to see that that just as Karen did with Vertigo back in the day, she's not sitting on her laurels. This is a challenging book. I, I presume a lot of people will read this book and put up a big what the fuck and walk away. Um, it, it, the book doesn't suffer fools. It, it, it makes you uh, take what's there and, and, and ask yourself questions. And the questions are as much a part of, of the experience as, as, as just a linear narrative. And, and I found that enjoyable and refreshing. Um, your mileage may vary. I, I, I do suspect this will be a book that is, uh, has a wide range of, 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 of opinions, but uh, but I give it two big thumbs up. I I, nice. I think it's absolutely a, a great a great start for the imprint. I think the four issue limited series is one of the best things that ever came out of Marvel. Nice, don't you? You can't screw around in a four issue miniseries, right? You there, you don't have a character walking down a corridor for four pages, mm-hmm. you know, or or um a fight that lasts a little bit too long. You know, you only have so mm-hmm. many pages to get this story told. I love sure. the four issue miniseries. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, I, we, there were, you know, West Coast Avengers. I mean, there were a lot of, of great four issue, uh, limited series at Marvel's, but then, you also had um, your Dark Knight Returns. You had Year One, which I mean, yes, it was part of it was in the Batman ongoing with four hundred four to four hundred seven, but still, it was just four parts. Um, I like the the four chapter stories, and I didn't. I must. I obviously missed the um, the four. Or part or, or the four shoe limited series when this was solicited because that's because yes it is Aja and 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 Nisanti, but because of um, because of David's past record with Immortal Iron Fist with Hawkeye mm-hmm. I um, I didn't want to wait for it to for another issue to come out or uh, wonder how long it's going to just take so. Um, Considering it is four issues, and, and because we haven't seen him for a while, maybe this is what he's been working on since the announcement from Burger last year. I don't, you know, I, I don't see why all four issues won't be available on time when they're supposed to. But um, I, I was flipping through the uh, the preview, and it it does look great. Well, I obviously misspoke because the mini the four issue miniseries is not a Marvel thing; it's a DC thing. Okay. Well, Marvel World was of a limited series. Oh, was the very first. Yes, yes, you're right. But yeah. was that four issues oh, or was it three? Uh, World of Krypton miniseries. Let's see. It was. See, because Marvel, Marvel calls it a limited series. DC always called it a miniseries. Uh, I don't know. It's not. Okay. It doesn't say here. That uh, was, I think, World of Krypton was. I may be thinking about the burn. That was definitely four, but this may have been less. This may have. Been oh, oh no! The the Untold Legends of Batman was three issues. That yeah, was but, by Burn and Aparo. That but was 
But that didn't come before World of Krypton, because according to this, World of Krypton came out in 1979. Yes. Which predates Untold Legend of the Batman. World of Krypton, three issues, 1979. Yeah. So it's a DC thing. Not a Marvel thing, thing, damn it. But it is word but, up. But, it, but it's still only three issues. Right. Well, this is a Dark Horse thing. Well, yes. Yeah, and, and I'm on four this. Issues. So Yeah. yeah you'll I, like you'll I, like it. It it's I it's I just it's wonderfully obtuse. Good. You know, it's it's it, it, it it's not it's not dissimilar to the feeling you get from the first few episodes of Twin Peaks and you're like totally into it. It's well acted, there's stuff happening that's intriguing. <laughs> But you're not quite sure what the fuck's going on, yeah. you know. Yep. You just you just give confidence in the creative team that they're going to take you on a journey that you're going to be happy about. And then Agent Cooper gets shot. And spoilers. Sits, and sits on the floor for twenty minutes. <laughs> uh, no, but I think and call me the heretic. I think all series should be miniseries. This. It it forces a writer to rein it in. Bendis would absolutely suck at a four issue miniseries. He probably can't do it. How long was Jenks or Torso? He's he's told short stories. I know he has, but he, the man seemingly gets paid by the word. But see, but I don't. The Avengers not, stuff is way too long. It okay, just goes okay, on and on and on and on. But, but then you can say the same thing about, you know, Claremont's X-Men. Yes, I know that there are some plot lines, there are some stories that just seem to never but, wrap up. Right, but, but Claremont, Claremont told a story in almost every issue. You went places with Claremont. Claremont reminded you about oh, sure. every sure, issue. But, but it, I mean, at least it took you, what, at least 20 minutes, 25 minutes to read a Claremont X-Men issue just because it was so wordy? I have read... A Bendis issue of whatever it is in roughly five minutes. I I do not. I don't. I don't like the idea of every story having to fit into a certain amount of pages or issues. I like things to grow organically. I want them. I, I want. I don't want things obviously drawn out just because you know we have an issue to sell and we have to make sure, you know, like, like, like network TV with 24 episodes when you really only have enough stories for a story for, for 13 episodes. But the, if, if someone needs 16 issues to tell that story, so be it. Don't, I don't want you. And, and because you also have considering the book of the month, there's the whole Hellboy model where yes, there are four issues, but they're all part of a larger. Sure story so you can have chapters in in a finite amount of issues but but that's not that character's only story and and i that's where i that's where i i got i won't agree with you where yes you think every story should be a limited series okay great but not if there's more of that story to tell for that character because because yeah, I mean, we're all here on this earth for a finite amount of time, but we're not, we're, we're, we're not a limited series. We're not, I, I, I'm okay with stories being told. I, I don't, I don't want to just read my, my Superman stories or, or my Captain America stories in, in, in four issue arcs. I'd like to know, I mean, I'm, 
I'm a continuity geek. I I, I like remembering or, or or recalling something that happened in a Hulk issue when Mantlo wrote it in the eighties. I, I I whereas if Mantlo only wrote four issue miniseries and then um Bruce Jones wrote his four issue Hulk miniseries. Yeah, everybody's probably has a certain story they want to tell with certain characters and it doesn't have to be a long short. Not everybody's Dan Slot, but I I don't think I just want to read my comics in, in four issue chunks. Well, the thing that ruined it, it was both a blessing and a curse, is the trade paperback. You didn't have Absolutely. these, you didn't you have didn't these issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody was waiting for the trade. Nobody, nobody was telling, telling story in six issue arcs. Remember when trades were so novel and actually were helping sales of, yeah, of the direct market. Yep. Alan Moore does. Yep. No, but seriously, I mean, I, I, they were huge for me, especially as someone who was twenty years into being essentially a Marvel guy only. Yep. And then I got the bug to buy DC. It was so much easier to go into the comic shop and just start banging out. Vertigo and DC trades by the bunches. Yeah. Oh, where, where would Walking Dead be if there weren't trades? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're a lot of those Vertigo books. I mean, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I mean, you could you could even you can you can write the scenario yourself. Uh, writer comes into the, his editor and says, "Yep, yeah, got an idea. This story is going to be three issues." And and then he stopped, and the editor says, "No, it's going to be four issues." Or, right. six, or yeah. six issues. And the writer's like, well, what do you mean? Well, we can't publish a three-issue trade paperback. We'll publish a four or a six, but three, nah, we don't We do not do little tiny paperbacks like that. It's like, well, well, that's how long, that's my story. You know, that's what I need. I think. No, you need four. Yes. And, and I don't, I don't disagree with you there because yeah, that, that, that's the business side of it that, that does fuck shit up. But you do have, I think some writers who, who do have some sway where they can tell their shorter stories or they're done in ones because then those will be collected in, in, in a compendium of, of, it won't be part of the main ongoing collections of trades. It'll be like the, towards the end of the run where they, they, like I, Bendis might've had it with Daredevil, but, but where you'll just have, the few one shots or or fill in issues and those will be collected in a separate trade. But yeah, for for the most part, if if it's part of an ongoing, then yeah, we we need to be able to see, you know, it's part one of six. And and that that does suck. I hate reading a book where I know they're just padding it out because they just mm-hmm. they need to fill it. But if if but you don't get that you really only get that with big two books. I'm not going to find that in an image book i'm not going to find that in a dark horse book i'm not yeah so it's it's the the majority of the mainstream books are writers and artists trying to keep themselves employed i mean we love hickman and i think he's a great writer did his avenger story really need to be that freaking long it's just it's it's just this money making machine that just if, if you need that much paper to tell your story then you're probably just going places. You're a wordy bitch. You shouldn't be going. No, it's not wordy. It's it's just no, I it's know. just generating money. It's just selling, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but that's the nature of the beast, right? It, yeah. It's a periodical yeah. um, uh, endeavor. It's These things oh. are published irreg- on, a, on, a, on a – I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It, it's it, the, the machine is set up to keep making more of what drives it. Right. So – you have that with the mainstream, and and you have that with the manga. 
you don't you can't tell me that one piece needs to be that freaking long sure it's just he's making money so yeah let's come up with something else well but isn't one piece more like i mean i presume it's not like i always viewed one piece as kind of like uh the avengers or justice league it's 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 just a continuing yeah series it just yeah. happens to be written by the same guy well it's right? there there are there are arcs i mean there are like, arcs right yeah, yeah yeah sure there are giant arcs where they're they're going okay they're in point a now they're going to point b you know it's mm-hmm. just it's, something's happening to them here it is in essence a mainstream book i mean it, it's going to end Otis said he has a, uh, an ending plan but as long as he's selling millions of copies come on right everyone wants the monies Long as, it continue, as long as it continues to sell, I'm sure he'll continue to find uh, escapades for Luffy and the crew. Whatever. Of course. Dap, what did you read? Dude is stacking up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I have a couple of... Um, since I wasn't here when these conversations were taking place... Um, there were a um, couple points I just want to touch on, like some little quick hits. I I don't dislike wonky anatomy. So, yeah, you want to talk about what Liefeld did in, in Youngblood and how extreme, no pun intended, things may look. I'm not necessarily a stickler for... Anatomy, yes, you know the 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 whole thing with with claws or or I just I expect people to kind of live by whatever rules that they've already established, and I I can't be a Gil Kane fan and and be a stickler for for solid realistic anatomy that that, that they don't those don't go together. So I'm wait 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 wait. What do you mean, Gil Kane was? A master of anatomy. Gil Kane was a master of anatomy, but when, for example, in Justice League of America 200, when Adam Coltcock's Green Lantern and and the body, how Hal's body contorts into some, it it's basically it's it you you kind of get the idea of where of where Todd McFarlane got got the idea to put Spidey's knee over his shoulder as he's swinging through the air, things like that. There's, I look at Gil and I see, I see how Todd or Rob or Don Simpson were able to exaggerate poses and, and, and musculature. And, and so I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, nobody said offended, but when, when, uh, young blood and, and, and McFarlane were were mentioned. Um, those aren't things that that I'd I'd uh, I frown on, and and I wouldn't. Um, I may not be the biggest Todd Spidey fan, but um, I obviously, I mean, the, the the mark he made on the character still exists to uh, to this day. And speaking of Spidey, um, Jason kind of summed up. What I don't like about um, Spencer and Otley's 
amazing and it's not it has nothing to do with mj i i realize she is a she's she's been a part of the character of the books um she's been part of it for so long that it, it's she's never going to be even when slot was writing it she she was she'd pop up from time to time and and there's you know there's nothing like a good amazing spider-man unfortunately spencer is not telling a a, a good amazing spider-man the my my, my issue my biggest peeve with this new title is that it basically undoes everything slot did over the past 10 years he's he's it it's there then that's fine if 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 it's an on again off again relationship and and he and mj are getting back together okay that's cool but obviously before slot came on board they annulled the marriage for lack of a better word and and uh Nick is just going back to them being a couple again. He's 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 back to needing roommates. He he does not have the job he had at the bugle. Um, so everything and and it just it, it reminded me of. I mean, yes, there are some some writers who set things up for whoever's taking over to run with. Bendis did that with Brubaker on Daredevil. He he uh, he put Matt in prison, and Ed had to. Um, work his way around that and uh, you have other writers who hand things off over the years and this was um you know slot had basically set everything up where you know peter was back on the right track he was working at the daily bugle he he was um he was fine but then spencer was telling his spidey story and it's like we're just going to I, I don't like any of that. Fuck it. I'm just, it's, it's, we're, we're bringing Peter back to the Peter Parker that, that, that I grew up reading. I'm guessing, but it just, it, instead of really building on and the whole thing with the, the, the plagiarism. And it, so he's picking up a couple of things that slot did as far as where Otto was involved, but for the most part is just completely, um, resetting everything that's been going on in in a spidey book for for like the the past decade um yeah it's it's i'm all for novelty um for the sake of novelty like peter david wrote the hulk for a long time and in order to to make his job um not boring he put different spins on it we had mr fix it and we had the pantheon hulk and then we know why he did that right why? Because he was privy to the sales figure. So as soon as he knew when sales were kind of dipping, oh. he would purposely switch things up. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Regardless of, I mean, for whatever reason, right? right. But it was there was still compelling. I, stories. I I love guys who switch it up. Right. Yep. This um, Spencer is is not an improvement. It's no. boring. It's nothing we haven't already seen the before. So soulless too. Yeah. And that hurts me to say. Yeah. Um. I, I I never say this because I'm I, I like to think um, uh, yeah maybe I'm a pessimist at heart but I have the most optimistic view of comics I think of the three of us like I'll accept anything there there That's there's true. a there's a bright spot in almost anything amazing sucks and I hate uh, using that word but it sucks I. I mm. Yeah, that, you're just that's that's you being covered by 
where you are right now with with superhero comics. I it doesn't suck. It's just not what you want. Oh, dude, it's bad. It's it's just it It isn't. I I totally disagree. Like I said, I don't think it's great stuff, but it's 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 perfectly fine superhero comics. It's I think honestly, I I think this is you. I I I had me. I was on mute, but I chuckled when you said you're the most optimistic about comics. You I am. you are the most you are the most manic about comics of us. You go from being convinced that something is the best thing that's ever been done in the medium to swearing that you have no point in ever wanting to pay any mind to it ever again, and then you'll you'll rinse and repeat. You get super hot and super cold on all different angles of comics. That's true. And that's right now true. you're falling into a. I think superhero comics aren't fun. No. Six months ago, you were all about that's. It. See, you're reading stuff into my. I, no, I am, because he was I talking just, about the unexpected last week. No, I just read the friggin' Infinity Wars, the first issue. I, there's something in there that I, I I like it a lot. What I'm saying, I meaning I'm the most optimistic. If you put a piece of art in front of me, I can find something to like about it. And by that's art, true. I mean the story and the 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 art. I find nothing to like about Amazing. I, there's there's nothing that I could take away from it to that that would say you know what I'll give it a, a break and I'll read the next issue. There's nothing compelling me to read any more of that amazing. Yeah, I I, I think it's terrible. I don't want to. I I'm not. I all I'll say is I only read the first issue. That that that's really all I'm going to read for now. Because uh, I know you said. And I noticed that Ramos was on issue seven, seven and eight yeah. last month. I guess he's on eight this month, but it's it's still Spencer writing it. So um, at least it's the, Ramos, though. I know, I know. I but still, then I'll I'll find it next year in, in the dollar bin. The um, yeah, uh, it was um, yeah. I, I I just felt like it was written for people who who want to forget the JMS or the slot run, and and it was. Um, as as I'm reading what Peter's thinking or, or or what's going on in the caption boxes, it's it's as if he's like high on a sugar rush. It just I I the voice wasn't it wasn't even the voice wasn't what I've been hearing for the past few years. It just it 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 didn't even sound like the the Michelini or or the stern Peter Parker. And that's great because you know it's Nick Spencer and this is his Peter Parker. But I didn't I I didn't recognize anything. Not just the dude. In, in the mask, but I, I didn't recognize really the the main character in in the book. So um, he's a bro. It's yeah, and and it's just, but it's I don't. There's there's been too much that, that that's gone on in the character's life for it to kind of just like like this isn't post Secret Wars. I would have expected this after Secret Wars, where you know instead of the the the, the Captain of Industry Peter Park, we would have you know we would have gotten this guy because th- then it's. A, reset but this just this i because obviously we're, we're we're picking up where slot left off because when the whole plagiarism plagiarism thing hits robbie's like i i gotta let you go and and it's like so obviously there there were some connections there it's just it it's like spencer's doing his his damnedest to make sure that anything that slot had uh as far as where where, where peter was going in a positive direction um where we're going to just like just the band-aid just right off and and it's it's so yeah i i don't know when i'll be reading amazing spider-man again which yeah. again is fine as as long as i mean jason's digging it raf is digging it there there are a few people who are enjoying it and that's cool i people who i mean we know raf is is a longtime spidey fan um 
so it's it 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 scratches an itch for for newer and and older uh readers and and that's fine so i i'm it is what it is yeah uh, do you think so, it's it's time that marvel and dc come to terms with the fact that they have a real problem on their hands what's that they have these these IPs, for lack of a better word, that make them money that, in a, in a sense, will never change. Peter Parker, hopefully... I mean, I, I think they're acutely aware of that and have no, but, for I a mean, long time. But let's, let's create a framework. Let, let's call a pig a pig, right? And say, okay, these characters exist within a bubble that... You can come up with some cockamamie reason why they 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 exist in a, in this this uh, framework, whether it be I don't know whatever eternity or 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 something's pulling the strings that they don't age because like I'm kind of tired of seeing a twenty late twenty something early thirty something Peter Parker. At this point, Peter Parker should be older. Like I think it's okay. It's okay that we get the son of Parker in in the role of Spider-Man or we get, you know, Bruce Wayne Jr. as Batman. Like give me some kind of a uh, uh, plausible explanation why these characters aren't aging. Well, other other than I the mean, fact I that like, no, that's, like we've had we've had these conversations a million yeah. times. First of all, they, if they, you want to read an older Peter Parker, you have a book. It's called Spider-Man Renew Your Vows mm-hmm. where he is older and married to Mary Jane and they have a grown ass daughter who adventures with them. And I say that because there's exactly what you just said you would like to read and nobody fucking reads it. No. And whenever but they try and do things like want... that, nobody, everyone says they'd love to see it and nobody buys the book. <laughs> it's true. And then what happens? And then someone does something different with the character and everybody bitches about it not being their version and they go back to center. Like, the problem with that is, and it's nothing we haven't talked about a thousand times before, the industry wasn't designed no. for us to be reading these characters yeah. nonstop for 40 years. We're the problem, not the characters. Yeah. Like, you can't, it's, 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 the so, it's the soap opera model. Right. They were meant to entice us for a while until we grew out of them and moved on to something else. And then there'd be a whole batch of new young readers who would be equally entertained by these characters in their own way. And their, their, they would have a favorite arc or a favorite writer or a favorite creator. No one ever thought that it would be the same old and busted ass people like us that would be reading these characters for 40 straight years. Yeah, and that's the reality industry. I, I think the fact that there's no end is very significant. Uh, great stories have beginning, middle, and an end, and maybe an epilogue, right? We don't get that. We don't get the payoff. We just get this endless treadmill of stuff that, yeah, we get little tiny payoffs, but we don't get any kind of satisfaction knowing that Clark Kent saved the world that one last time and everything's awesome and and you know you know what i mean like it's not realistic to think that and it's exactly why you say that these stories would go on forever yeah there's no real payoff but again that's an us problem right like nothing is forcing us to continue to read all these characters every month it is like we we go back to the well 
And what we hope for is that every now and then, like you guys got with Slot, or we're getting now with Tom on Batman, every now and then there's a run that is different or precise or or well-executed enough that it re-energizes why we love the character or characters in the first place. Right, right. And then we're happy we read it, and then we bitch and kvetch when the next guy takes over for a while, and then another arc comes around, and we dig it, and we praise it. So it's, you know, it's, it's just a never-ending cycle. And it will continue until Marvel and DC decide not to publish these comics anymore. So I think we just need to find out what's best for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yes. that's the point. Like, like you got that. Like, like when we started the show, and, and and I'm talking about we meaning like the royal we, and also the industry in terms of the broader like listenership. Ten years ago, the majority of us, including the three of us, had lots of titles that we read simply because we always read them. Yep, we were True. continuity ones. Truth. And it meant a lot of times we read comics that we weren't crazy about. I have seen a dramatic change, driven in part by other things like too many events and event fatigue and 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 the recession and comics pricing going higher and digital. But but even the hardcore comic readers now, it seems to me, have very fewer titles that they read simply because they feel like they have to. Right, we still have them, right? I mean, I still read all the X books. You know, we all have our dalliances. Like you, you know, you guys read the Superman. Like we, there are things that you're you're going to read no matter what, even if you're not digging them for that because it is what it is. But it used to be that we had fifty of those. Now we each maybe have eight or ten, and I think a lot of fans are like that now, where you used to have your entire pull list. You couldn't imagine not getting the book, even if it was on a downslope. Right. But now you have to be pulled back in. You know, you have to you, you give it up and you don't miss it. And then you you hear from friends that, oh, they're, you know, so and so and this team on this book's doing a fun book and or a fun arc. And then you jump back in. And I think that's a, a healthier way to consume this so stuff. You, I can so you're saying my approach is healthy then because you criticized me for for going hot and cold. <laughs> no, and I you, criticized you because of the extremes with which you state your opinions of these things. Things go from being absolutely amazing. And then an episode six months later, you say there's no point in them being and you have no interest in them at all. That's all. It's just your way. You, I think in the moment you're being honest. Oh, I'm being just completely your, honest. Your, your, your spectrum of emotional, uh, like your emotional state with these is just, I think, a broader, there's a broader spectrum for you. Okay. Like I think if there were sign curves of our love and hate for superhero comics, yours has the highest highs and lowest lows of the three of us. Okay. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to give you um, a relatively high high right now. Mm-hmm. I read Infinity Wars number one. Did you now? Yeah, did you read it? Uh, no, I have it. I haven't read it, though. Did okay, yes. okay. So, all right. Well, I won't no, get... No, that's fine. I will say that you were you were correct, and I was wrong. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, I was wrong, too, because of who I guess beheaded yeah, him. It's not Sleepwalker. Oh. It's, oh, it, nice. Okay. It's Gamora. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Um, I don't understand the cover. I don't, I don't get why there's a, a Thanos's hand impaled on her blade, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Doctor Strange is assembling another um, Infinity Watch because there's so many people in the Marvel Universe with uh, stones now, and there's a scheduled meeting, and it goes a little bit wonky. 
um, they throw down, and it is revealed that um, Gamora was the uh, person in uh, responsible for taking out Thanos. All right, and as she was meant to be. Yes. Well, right. And um, somebody, I won't spoil the ending because both of you didn't read it. Uh, she arrives to break up the skirmish between all the Infinity Watch people, and somebody's in her way, and she impales this person on her blade. Oh, snap. Yeah, but um, I have one beef with this issue, and David maybe uh, tried to give me a little insight as to why this is. Uh, I'm not current on my Guardians of the Galaxy after Bendis. I'm still reading the Bendis stuff. When did Groot start speaking in um, stuff other than I am Groot? Full sentences referred to himself as the third person. Yeah, when when did this happen? Now, I guessed um, that during the Duggan book when uh, when Cooter started it, that there was that subplot where somebody looked like he was growing little Groots. Mm. So I'm thinking that, that had, this ties into that or does this fall out from that? I don't know. I don't know. Jason, do you have an insight into why? Groot? I can't. Uh, no, it must have happened right. Like, I must not have read those Guardian issues either. Well, here's a typical um, Groot dialogue balloon from this issue. Groot thinks any of us could have failed. Groot doesn't blame you just because you're the weakest Guardian of the Galaxy. Mm, not a fan. No, I'm not either. No, no, I don't same. like mm. it. It's weird. Bums me out. Yes, it's very because it takes what makes the character special. The right. fact that he only says three words and everybody can put various interpretations into those three words. Exactly. Yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's. And now that, he's just the another. That's what makes the character interesting. Yeah. He's just a tree. Now he's a walking tree. He's, he's Chewbacca, you know, yeah, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Chewie, yeah, Chewie yeah. says shit. They all understand him. We don't understand him. Right. But, uh, um, Gamora and, uh, Peter Quill are a thing. I did not know that. Yeah, I think that's on again, off again. Okay. Well, you got to at least um, infer that Peter is much better in bed than Tony Stark. Oh, well, sure. Well, naturally, I mean. Because she kind of kicked Tony Stark to the curb after one night. Or, well, everybody does. That's, yeah, that's, that's he was like. That's all it takes to know. But props to my man Peter. Right? Um. More uh, time manipulation because uh, one of the members of uh, the Infinity Watch is Iron Lad. And we all know that Iron Lad is a young Kang. So there's there's still time things going on here. And um, there's a couple versions of Loki in this book. I like it. I, I, I think it's, it's odd because you have... Um, the Grandois with Adam Warlock, and you have these massively powered characters, and then you have Sandman, and Typhoid Mary, and Bullseye, and, and freaking Tombstone, and Spot, you know, hobnobbing with Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, and uh, the Guardians. It's it's just a it's a weird mix of characters for an event, and that's why I like it. It's a, it's off kilter. It's strange. I really still don't know what's going on, and I, and I like it. And and um, again, I may be in the minority, but I like what Diodato's doing here. He's he's drawing more. 
than he used to. Or I should say, he's taken the safety net away from a lot of his drawing, which I think mm-hmm. he's benefiting from it. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Infinity Wars number one was pretty good. So you're sticking with it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to see. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'm going to read all of this stuff. Right. That 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 is being published in the wake of this, or in the in the wave of this thing, but mm-hmm. uh, Infinity Wars proper is six issues. If if they can't tell the story they want to tell in six issues, then uh, mm-hmm. Dugan's not the writer I thought he was. So. Doogie doogie now. Yeah, and there's there's some funny stuff, you know, like Bullseye has a lot of good one-liners in this thing. Um, there's um. Someone does not attend the meeting, someone with a stone. And he's like, well, where's this other person with the stone? And this person takes a pot shot at him from a couple buildings away. Mm -hmm. And he turns to uh, someone and he says, you might give me a chance to kill another one of Red's old girls. Mm. You know, so you can, I mean, that's cold. That's pretty damn cold. So you, you can get who took a shot at him, right? But anyway, decent book. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I'm, I'm having fun with it. That's all that matters, right? I'm it, investing nothing in this book other than my time and whatever it costs to, to buy an issue. So, like, I, I don't have... Uh, I'm not buying a, a voluminous amount of Marvel Universe titles, so there's nothing... There's nothing resting on this other than me just reading this one book and having fun with it. I think that's how it right. should be. Yeah. Yep. What else? We can keep it tight, right? Or we got something else to talk about? Well, that wasn't in your you're in your travels. Mm-mm. Oh, I thought no. you said you had to save your thing for. No, he found he found something. No, I have oh. something I can I can say. Gotcha. It's, I'm setting it up for next uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. You want to just uh, bow out? It's a nice two hours. We did two hours solid. We're good. Thank you to our wonderful patrons. You needed wait for an answer. I didn't because like he's <laughs> he's dragging his ass. Do you want to talk wait, about what, something? What do you mean? I, wait, oh, <laughs> David, do you have anything else to talk about? Um, let's see. I there is. I don't know if I'm going to use this for my in your travels, but since I kind of no, you know what? I'll I'll um. Yeah, I do have something for your travel. So I will mention, since I kind of ragged on one company's flagship, at least I'll be able to say that the other company's flagship, um, I really enjoyed Action Comics 1001. Uh, still written by Brian Michael Bendis, Patrick Gleason on art. It's slightly different Gleason than we got with uh, the Tomasi Superman and slightly different even from the Robin series that Vince wants me to read. This was, um, I, in some sense, it almost, um, it's almost like a, um, when he's Clark Kent, it, it, it's almost like it's a, it, it's Superman. It, he, he's kind of, he's just this big, like kind of hunched over lummox looking dude, but, um, almost like he's sad, but it's, it, Again, it, it, Superman and Clark Kent are supposed to be two different people. The uh, the big 
oh, wow, I can't believe they're going there moment at the end of Man of Steel where this, um, where Superman may be the one who is to be blamed for the arsons. Um, that has kind of been put to rest relatively quickly, yes, which was fast. nice. But but uh, but in doing so, it um, it taints the rest of the investigation because now that uh, as far as Chief Moore is concerned, Superman may be um, I'll say exonerated, but based on how um, but the fact that he was ever blamed uh, or a suspect now any. Um, it's it's uh he he can't um he can't be part of this investigation without by definition tainting it in his own words so um so it's it was it was definitely a way to throw him off um off of things and 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 throw him off kilter there's a uh there is a whole slew of um is uh, one, two, three, four. Is about maybe half a dozen or so. Looks like new characters who um, all have odd. Uh, I'm gonna say code names, but uh, lettuce is one, yogurt is another. I don't know where they're coming from, but they're all meeting in this. Uh, I'm guessing a large. Um, it's got to be lead or lead lined container so this way obviously superman won't be able to overhear or see what their conversations are about and it looks like this is lois um making an appearance so i am a bit perplexed about that since she is supposed to still be tracing through space uh with her son and father-in-law but she also appears to be um not necessarily in Metropolis. So th- there were a few things that were slightly confusing as I was reading the issue. Um, I think the art is fantastic. I enjoyed the uh, the dialogue, especially where uh, Superman is thwarting these uh, two um, armed goons. Uh, I-, I really enjoyed uh, the interaction there, especially with, with the superman taking care of them and and leaving them with um with the authorities uh i don't know if i liked it more than superman number one but i um i thought this was a uh as far as the introduction of some characters and uh or some of the mystery uh or any part of 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 what i'm not so um sure about I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where uh, how that continues to play out. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still enjoying uh, at least post Man of Steel. I'm enjoying Bendis' Superman, and uh, at least I, I, I have a character that um, I recognize here. So that's that's a plus, and and uh, it's not Major Travels, but I, I at least wanted to. To not let Vince bring this into the nice. station just yet. Nice. What's the deal with this digital-only surprise Death of Superman thing? Anybody check that out? I I uh, I have it. I haven't 
mm. um, read it yet. But I, I think it's um, it's just like the the, the Gotham City Garage and and uh, the the Arrow um, digital only book, the um, the Smallville season eleven stuff like that. I know that um, I, it's 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 written by Louis Simonson, uh, artist by Cat Staggs. Um, Is it a retelling the, or a? a- encapsulation it's, or? it's called the death of superman part one chapter one power colon blowing hot and cold um i'm not sure how i feel about the art but this is oh this is um this looks like it's pre-bendis superman because he is uh there's no trunks and he looks a bit younger um god yeah i don't i don't know if i'm going to continue it Okay. Just strange because um, it, it wasn't even um, solicited, right? They just they just dropped it. Right. Yeah. Well, because it is digital only, so I guess Comicsology has it. I don't know. If, I mean, I, I I'd be very surprised if like retailers were aware of it, so that they could, um, you know, point you to the direction of your web browser. But they do eventually take all that, like because Gotham City Garage was published yes. in trade paperback, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that it eventually will be able to find a place on your bookshelf. Yes. Cool. If you're so inclined. If you're so inclined. All right. Jason, anything, buddy? Uh, I mean, I'll save it for me in your travels. All right. So we're thanking our patrons because they're the awesomeness. They made, they this, they made this possible. Um, if you would like to check out why they are patrons, um, join in on the fun, so to speak, go to patreon.com forward slash 11OCOMICS. That's uh, 11 o'clock comics. And uh, join us. Be one of us or be one of them because everybody has a lot of fun. Um, the the dedicated Slack channel is kicking. Our uh, Facebook page is jumping as usual. Everybody's just having a good time. In your travels. Here's what I'm setting up for next time. I want you to read what could possibly be one of the greatest comics of all time. Of all time. Of all time, Jason. (laughs) It is. From Topps Comics. No. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. We We should do some Topps Comics. Oh, we should totally do some Topps Comics, bro. A hardcover collection. The Classic Collection, Volume 1, Story and Art. By Leiji Matsumoto, featuring one of the greatest anti-heroes of all time. It is Captain Harlock, Volume 1. I'm going to read this. I'm halfway through it, so I'm not going to get too much into it. But fun factor is very high in this book. It was published, again, by Seven Seas, who is the publisher to watch, I think, for classic manga and current uh good stuff they're doing the devil man books they're taking uh going to guys original stuff republishing that this is a monster of a book it is let's see 400 pages yeah close to 400 pages of space opera the well i'll talk about it in detail next time but it is one of the all-time greatest and uh, Jason, not uh, Jason Wood, but our other buddy Jason will co-sign this, I'm sure. Captain Harlock, 
Classic Collection, Volume 1, Leiji Matsumoto from Seven Seas. I'm going to jump into this next time. All right. Nice. Uh, in your travels, this was something that I made note of in um, my previous video for the patrons a couple months ago. This is from Aftershock. Uh, it is written by Garth Ennis and art by um, Goran Suzuka. And it is a walk through hell mm. for the first three issues. And it is freaky as AF. There is, it's, I, there are flashbacks. Um, basically, our main characters are McGregor, who I am going to, whereas Garth doesn't just come right out and say it. What I love about this book so far is that you know just what, just enough to move things along. And um, it's almost like you're just kind of over, you're eavesdropping in on a conversation between a couple of people who, since they know what each other, it, it, it's Shaw and McGregor are, are partners there with the, um, they're with the FBI. Uh, so because they've been partners for a while, they know how each other thinks and reacts. And so they don't necessarily have to say everything that's on their mind for the other person to know what they're saying. But we may not know everything. So they're just saying what they would say in a regular conversation. And you kind of have to uh, follow along. And uh, But Garth does it in a way where it's not like there are these big white spaces and, and you're you're at a loss. You can, there's enough there where you, you can probably err on the side of caution and, and get the gist. And, and I think McGregor is gay. Um, Shaw seems to be a very, uh, she, she's the type of woman who, I don't want to say that she's, she overcompensates because she is a woman in, in a position that would generally be held by a man and uh, has to, basically kind of just do more to prove herself, but she she really doesn't take a whole lot of crap from people, and uh, she may be the more dominant of the two between her and McGregor in, in their partnership. Uh, but there seems the, the, this, this, the issue, the series starts off with um, with basically a um, this couple and their baby are walking through a mall. It's Christmas time and you're getting a caption box where they're kind of talking about, uh, the day and how this is not the worst thing. This was actually like the least awful thing to happen to them and, and to these people. And, uh, out of nowhere, someone just walks up and pulls a gun and kills the wife. But the bullet goes through, the baby's head because the baby's in a pose in front Jesus. of her. I mean, you don't see it. You just see, you see, you see the flashback from the gun, but, and I then think, the father, I, think I was just, the one who should have read this. Seriously. <laughs> the father, the father is standing there on, or he's on if his, this was knees. a dog. That'd be like, I'm not reading this fucking thing. Yeah. Oh, but no, the baby, give me, give me some more body bags. Hilarious. This was, and the kid bounced off. the. It was great. The uh, the kid bounced after he was no, shot. Say, say, that's <laughs> the way Jason's making it sound. It's like, oh, oh yeah. And then he picked up the. Um, 
hates them kids. But the 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 basically where it gets weird is um, there's a SWAT team, a tactical team, is outside a um, uh, almost like a storage container, like, like, kind of like the shipyards. But um, they're all kind of just. The, the officers who went into this warehouse are now back in their truck. They refuse to come back out. So McGregor and Shaw are trying to come to grips with what what's going on and, and, and how why these why these officers are, are basically, for lack of a better term, scared to go into the warehouse or explain what they had seen or what happened. Um but their their COs really don't have much in the way of information. So McGregor and Shaw walk into the corridor, uh, walk into the warehouse, and when they do, the tactical team, the SWAT team who are all in the truck, are all kind of talking about what what they witnessed. We don't know what they, they witnessed. They're just kind of all talking in, in short sentences. But they realize that they all have to do this one thing, and they all basically pull out their their pistols and blow each other's brains out. And the next issue kicks off with McGregor and Shaw kind of waking up, coming to inside this warehouse, and neither one of them has a pulse. And they find they find one of their other agents. Um, who's just sitting there, kneeling there on his knees, constantly, he, he only has half his head now, but he keeps blowing his brains out. It's just, it, it's just a, he just keeps doing this. And um, we flash back to an interview where the, the, the subplot that, that, that McGregor and Shaw are, are, are investigating uh, are, um, Basically, it's 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 a pedophilia ring, and and they're um, they may not have investigated it by the book. And um, one person they interviewed actually stuck his entire forearm down his throat, and it looks like there is someone who is somehow getting in people's heads and making them do things that obviously they wouldn't normally do. I still don't know why these two characters don't have a pulse. They're up and they're talking and they're walking and and they're behaving normally otherwise, but they're trying to figure out what they've been witnessing recently and, and how things can, how, how one of their other Agents can just sit there and, and, and keep pulling the trigger on a gun where he should obviously be dead because he's got half his head missing. It's it's just it's it is I had no idea what to expect with the solicit. I just saw Garth's name and it seemed a bit different than his Punisher work or just about anything else. And it really is. I, I dig Oren's art. Um it's it doesn't really look or feel like an aftershock book when you compare it to like animosity mm-hmm. or the brothers Dracula or anything like that. Um, but I, now I'm just, I, I, I kind of know where I, I need to know 
where this is all going. And part of me is worried that the reveal or the payoff won't be as exciting or as intense as the events leading up to it. But at, at this point now, I, I just I got to see where we're going with it. But it is it is it is a crazy ride. It's not it's not graphic like like obviously aside from the dude who has half his head missing, but you've kind of seen that in other comics before, but there isn't, you're not, a lot of it is kind of implied and that could be a lot worse in your head. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely not for, um, the faint of heart. It's, it's definitely a, um, mature readers kind of title, but it is, it's, it's almost like it, it, it's almost like it's a cop out if I say it defies description. Someone else might read this and be able to exactly explain what what's going on. But I am just, I'm kind of reading it and 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 looking at the characters from the periphery and and uh, it's like I said, I I you you get just enough as the story progresses where you don't you're not hit over the head and and Garth isn't pointing out who everybody is or what they do or how long they've been doing it. You just you get it as the story continues and through conversations, but it's it's intense, and uh, I I I stop I'm trying to stop myself from saying I like it, and I I think you would too. I just it's it's not like anything I, I've read recently. That's mm-hmm. the best way I can say it. Sounds like a fucking cray cray. Uh... It really is. I, I, I want someone else to read it just so I can kind of bounce ideas off of someone or see where they're coming out, coming from with it. But it's, yeah, just if you can, check it out. And you said these mm-hmm. are single issues or three issue? I've only read up to the third. I've only read up to the third issue, and even that's continued. So I don't know if it's a limited series or how long it's, it's planning huh. on going. Yeah, I'll read this. It sounds good. Do it. <laughs> I figured you were in it. Do Shit. it. Nice. Shooting babies? Oh. God damn. Wow. <laughs> They're not stabbing them. No. Well, in, in, in keeping with the gore. Yes. In your travels, uh, Image Comics, a book that uh, I'd say was fairly hyped, uh, written by Mr. John Lehman with art by Nick Patara, Leviathan Numero Uno. Oh, that came out? That came out today. Damn. First of all, let me say that, that uh, there's Pitara will have a stroke if he keeps this level of detail up. This is, you know, Vince last up when we were talking about um, um, Homeboy. Uh, oh God, of course I'm blanking. Um, <laughs> this rarely happens, and it's awesome when it does. <laughs> I know. Uh, Let's let him go. Uh, cowboy. Uh, Jeff Darrow. Yeah, Jeff Darrow. Christ. Uh, We should have let him go. This is Pitara doing Jeff Darrow. Nice. I'm talking about intricate, intricate detail in every panel. Sweet. I mean, like, every billboard, every poster, labels, different uh, Easter eggs, every character's face drawn. You know what I mean? It's just it's 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 just insane the amount of detail he put in this. So if he does keep it up, uh, I will I will be incredibly impressed. But uh, but we the we the the audience benefit from his um, insanity. So 
fairly simple story. Ryan DeLuca is a young kid living in the city. He's having a party, and he didn't have enough beer for the party. So he and his best friend, um, Johnny Burns, go out for a beer run. There's a bunch of people back at his crib waiting for the beer impatiently, including uh, his longtime girlfriend, uh, Vivian V. Monroe, who we find out uh, is it's serious, so much so that Ryan's thinking about popping the question. And uh, they're all just chilling, waiting for them to get back with the beer. Meanwhile, uh, as they walk through the city, there are all measure of people uh, decrying the end of the world. You've got your obligatory drunk homeless guy that seems insane. You've got your priest. You've got uh, your placard holders. Nothing that you wouldn't see in a lot of big cities, but uh, but foreshadowing nonetheless. And back at the crib, some of the people that came to the party were not uninvited per se, but more like people that kind of tagged along that they weren't really crazy about, including this total dude bro named Goth Jimmy. (laughs) And since they're waiting for the beer to arrive and they're getting bored, Goth Jimmy pulls out a briefcase with a pentagram on it. And he says, Hey, I know how we can kill some time. My man. My man, right? (laughs) Next thing you know, a gigantic nuclear-like explosion goes off in the city right before uh, our buddy's eyes. And out comes from the ground, destroying buildings and people and cars and all kinds of uh, streets in its wake, is the aforementioned Leviathan. A gigantic red and yellow-scaled kaiju. Uh, In some ways, a little bit like Godzilla. Much more full-bodied, um, uh, so not like a T-Rex, more more almost like a like a giant lizard with a uh, like a poofier kind of under neck, um, and then he's got mandible claw type things around his mouth on five on each side to go with his his regular dinosaur-like mouth, and he he rises up out of the ground and he's spewing all kinds of magma. Uh, like any good kaiju should, and starts ransacking um, the city. And uh, our boy's like, well, oh shit, it looks like he's heading straight for my building. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, V is still there, his, his, his love of his life. Um, and, and so it's, it's pretty much the start of a, of a kaiju monster movie where this beast is on the move, then they cut to an absolute, and I want to buy this page. I, I have to buy this page. They cut to the White House is an interlude. And a, uh, a young chief of staff that looks like a Patera version of Michael J. Fox is trying to wake up President Trump. And inside the bedroom, it's, it's Trump asleep holding a Make America Great Again teddy bear. The bed has got all kinds of uh, like dollar signs built into the into the, the the metal of the headboard. On the on the table, you've got like all kinds of Trump dolls and posters and toys, and then behind it, in a in a is a gigantic wall sized painted mural of Trump, and it's it's him sitting there with his double chin and his man titties and this gigantic <laughs> bush where his dick should be. It's so funny. And uh, so, so they give the order to General Tomasina Jaspers 
who was the head of some part of the military industrial complex, and they give her the go-ahead to blow that fucking monster off the face of the earth. And then they pan out, and there are tons of visual treats in the form of different types of uh, mech. So it's going to be mechs versus kaiju, drawn by the maniac that is Nick Patara. Is this an ongoing or a limited uh, thing? I think it's ongoing. Damn. Yep. And uh, and then a bunch of other stuff happens involving the main characters and their loved ones and how the how the monster came to be and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's it's it was awesome. It was awesome. Pure id. Pure all over the over the top charts off the charts craziness. Sweet, and uh, it's it's gonna be badass. I think it's an ongoing. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, can't wait. I got that on the yeah. little stack of Rooney here. And it and it in the back cover solicit for next issue, um, we see a bunch of other kaiju running through the streets. So it's not just gonna be the one. Hmm. Interesting. Right up your alley, dude. You're gonna love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and I, I just uh, in a related note, I've read somewhere. I don't know how true this is that uh, Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidra are not the only kaiju in Godzilla: King of the Monsters. Dude, I told you that. But I heard specific names, so we'll see. Okay, because I told you on the app there were other signals. Yeah. Right. But that could be. That could not be. Right. But I heard mm-hmm. from people more in the know than myself that we may be seeing um, other things in the movie. Which is cool. Are we going to see the little twins? Oh, let's see. Though. There's some speculation that uh, Bobby Joe, or whatever the hell her name is. Billy Bobby Brown? But yeah, Billy Bobby Brown. maybe one half of the cosmos. But then, <laughs> some, then somebody shot that down. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't... I, <laughs> I never found the the cosmos to be an in, in, uh, in, integral part of the Mothra thing. It, it, it was just annoyance to me. Um, somebody broke down. They were saying, "Oh God, I hope Godzilla appears in this movie more than the eight minutes when he was in, you know, the the the, the previous movie." And they broke down the amount of screen time Godzilla has in every one of the Toho mm-hmm. movies. It's disturbingly low. Mm. For some movies, he's not in it, you know, more than ten minutes. And they're just like, you know, the American version was not an anomaly. Godzilla mm-hmm. does not. The, the most screen time Godzilla has ever had was, I believe, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. Mm-hmm. Where he, he's in it for like 22 or 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. Everything else is less. So that's, that's really odd that, you know, you have the, the title character appears in the movie less than, you know, 12 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah. But I'm guessing that this will buck the trend i think godzilla appears in this movie a lot so all right happy times right yes sir yeah i sent you some pictures yeah you did holy (laughs) shit (laughs) thank you i love all of you and uh we love you and we implore you to come back next episode uh come to our facebook page we're always having fun there we're on the twitters our patreon um, in the meantime, we get to do this now because he's actually here. Say good night. Hey, David. Oh. Good night. Hey, David. Nice.
Copycat. I quite get the inflection. No, there, you but... did good. You did very good. So uh, oh, we have what four more to do this month? Four more episodes. Yes. <laughs> well, this is actually five more. Because nice. this is the book of the month for July. Yes. So five. Right, so we have the book of the month for. for we we do five episodes. So we got five to do in August. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll have fun with it, as we always do. Hail you. We'll come back. We love you. Um, beverages and little finger food for all. And we'll be waiting here for you. Say goodnight. Later.